What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund. I'm the host of Gratitude Unfiltered Remix. Thank you for being here. We are live right now on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. I have a mouthful of saliva, so I have no idea how that sounded coming out on the other end. Nonetheless, blessed to have you here. So grateful. Uh, we are in for a treat today. We have an amazing guest. I'm really excited to talk to her. This is going to be a different kind of broadcast because I don't want to be pigeonholed into doing the same thing all the time. So this is going to be awesome. Thank you for being here. If you're watching on social media, uh, why don't you head over to the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. But if you are going to stay on social media, might as well share and tag a friend. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll be right back after this. I am Joshua T. Berglund, your host. This is Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed, and gosh, it's been a while. Feels like it's been forever since I broadcast, but uh, so grateful to be here. This is my favorite thing in the world to get to do. Um, why? I don't know. <laughs> it just is. There's something very therapeutic about just being able to share from your heart, whatever it is, wherever you're at, whatever at that time, and then you know, and if you say it out loud and hurt someone's feelings, well, if you feel bad about it, you can apologize. But the fact is this, there is no better therapy in the world than speaking your truth. I'm so grateful, too, because the last video I posted, uh, which was me speaking at Word of God Church, it got censored and the video got removed, but not on our network. So today I'm grateful that God gave me the vision to start the process to build my own media network before I even knew what I was doing. And that's how vision works. That's how stepping into your purpose works. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying this to say I told you so, but I am saying that you should trust your visions, whatever that is for your life, because my vision is not yours. Now, other people have a vision of things that they want to accomplish in this world. I want to tell you this, because it may not fit your vision right now, but I want you to check your spirit with this. You should start your own media organization today. It's probably two years too late, but you still have some time, I think. Um, and I do believe that it is necessary to start doing the groundwork. And look, you're not going to have CNN overnight. You're not going to have Fox News. You're not going to have the Drudge Report. You're not going to have any of the, you're not going to have it out of the gate. Unless if you win like 10 lotteries, which would be kind of cool, I think. You, that way you could give away nine different lottery winnings. But the point is, start now. It's so, so important because those of you that speak truth, those of you that say things that make people uncomfortable, those that are trying to shine a light on the shadow worlds, you're going to get censored. You're going to get shut down. So if you have your own network, you start your own network, uh, there's no better group in the world to do that with than E360 TV. 
that said, I'm done preaching. I'm really, really excited about our guest. Um, I think you guys are going to really love her. This is going to be a lot different than what you're normally used to. But something in my spirit said, you need to interview her. Uh, she's also a host on E360 TV, which I'll let her talk about her show. And uh, you guys are in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Ashley Trezeline to the show. What's up, Ashley? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. Uh, for, before we get started and going along with your journey and hearing about what you're up to and what you're getting to create in the world, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I was able to take a little time for myself today. I um, did probably the girliest thing possible. I went and got my nails done because I have a TV appearance later in the week and they always do close-ups of my hands. So I took some time. I went and got that done this morning. That's a that's a good way to start your day. I think if you like that, that I'm not, well, I don't like my feet touched. <laughs> but at the same time, I always feel better after a pedicure. And I think I probably should get one considering all of the ingrown toenails I have right now. <laughs> so maybe I should do that today myself. Anyway, well, that's a heck of a thing to be grateful for. So you were talking about your hands being filmed. Uh, yeah. That's because you're a, you're a TV chef. Is that correct? I'm... I do appearances for the local media and I now have my new show on E360. So I do definitely have my hands close up. So, you know, I always think, cause there's always scars and burns and cuts from being a chef that I figure if I have my nails all pretty, people won't notice that as much. <laughs> now, so when did you get into, well, let me, let me ask you this. When did you know that you wanted to be a chef? I grew up cooking my whole life. I'm Italian on both sides of my family. So I don't think cooking is ever not an option in our family. And I don't know, I got really good at it. I had some health problems growing up and I played sports. And basically I started to learn what healthy food was and how to cook things. And I got so good at it, people wanted to pay me for my food. And I was like, no, no, it's fun for me until I got older. And I was like, this is my job. This needs to be my job. Explain that feeling that you're talking about, because to me, that's the feeling of purpose that so many people ignore. Can you explain that feeling for you? You know, it's spent so long and so many years, like turning down people like, can you do this for me or will you help me out? And I would just do it for friends or bring stuff to parties, whatever. It was fun time for me. Right. And then I was turned 29 and I realized I didn't have a family, like I didn't have kids or a husband or anything. So I figured if I'm going to do it now is the time to do it because I don't have to worry about a family. I just have to worry about myself. Because now is the time to take the chance. So I spent about a year getting everything in order. And then when I turned 30, I started my business. Okay, I got a quick question because I'm looking behind you. Yeah. And I'm like envisioning your cookbooks all behind you. <laughs> you have a cookbook yet? No, I don't. Not yet. What are we going to do to change that? I'm hoping eventually I will be. Maybe we'll see how the E360 stuff turns out. Maybe I do have a blog on my website. Oh, so are you, let me ask you this. Are you putting, 
just forget the interview for a second. <laughs> okay. Are, you, are you're putting the video from E360 on on your website, right? Yeah, they, it's connected okay, to YouTube and E360. There's a whole section for my show, Food for Life, good. and it's on the Bella Foodie site, which Bella Foodie is my company. Right. And my personal chef services in all any media appearances, any recipes I create. There's a whole blog with all of that on there. I love it. That's cool. But you, I really do. You, I, I really see cookbooks in your future. So, but with your spin. Because I don't know this about you, and I don't know a lot about you. I just, okay. like I said, I felt led. We were interacting back and forth uh, with through our E3 through E360 chat, and I just felt overwhelmed that I needed to interview you, and I don't know why, because I don't normally get those those feelings unless if it's something traumatic or something crazy, because that's the gist of, you know, I mean, gratitude unfiltered is about finding gratitude through life's most traumatic moments. So I normally don't get overwhelmed to interview somebody that's a TV chef. So I, I don't know what that is. But now, like, as I'm saying this, I feel like like food other than just, you know, you were talking about your family and not having kids and all of that stuff. Like, and I, I know Italians part of your or food's a part of the Italian culture. Yes. But is there something else like with your family and food? Like this is a little bit more personal I don't know it why is. I feel um, this way, but it feels personal to you or to it me. It is very personal about being yeah. healthy and find. I always say healthy starts from the inside out. Finding mm -hmm. the right food and the right balance and how we eat and what we put in our body. Food is not just fuel. Food can be fun. It can be exciting, but it can be healthy as well. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, all right. It is definitely. And being in the kitchen should be fun for everyone. I, when I was about 18, 17, 18, I started having health problems. I was in and out of the hospital through my first few years of college. And it took a good two years before I was diagnosed, but at 21, I was diagnosed with MS. So I've pretty much been sick my entire adult life. But I don't like to say that I'm sick. I mean, because it's a chronic yeah. illness. I live with it my whole life. It's an autoimmune disease. So I'm in pain some days. Some days are good. Some days are bad. But food is really a part of how I stay healthy. It's another component in my treatment. That's People so don't good. realize if you're putting crap in your body or processed food, I know it's easier sometimes and it's the quick thing to grab. But really, like, there's foods that help inflammation. There's foods that help, like, if you have stomach issues, there's foods to support your immune system. It's not going to fix everything, but it can keep you healthier when the times are bad. First of all, amen. Um, and secondly, I, I grew up working with complex disabilities, and I'm not saying you're disabled, but one of the conditions that we worked with the demographic that we worked with was the MS population. Right. It MS, is ALS, which are very similar and not at the same time. But it just amazed me seeing people like yourself, because I've met a few others throughout my years that have fought MS with food. And for the most part, were one, because they were able to stay ambulatory. They were able to be active. They didn't go wheelchair bound. 
but the people that I met that did get, you know, that get frustrated with the diagnosis and scared and immediately started taking all the medications and just said, ah, screw it with life. They became power wheelchair bound and had no life and they just lived with a lot of regret. And, and it was always heartbreaking for me to see because I knew other people that were beating MS and they were beating it with food. Can you talk about, cause there's a lot of things that we get diagnosed with myself with HIV and you were talking about inflammation. I, mm-hmm. I swear to you, it's like most disease lives in inflammation. Like if you're not inflamed, then you <laughs> tend to be healthy. Just different parts of you, depending Just, on the Right, disease. right. Can you talk about, for inflammation, some specific foods that you've been able to eat that have helped? Because I think this is going to carry over to multiple diagnoses that people have sent. So with my MS, I, I want to be clear, I do take a disease-modifying drug for my MS. I don't just fight it with food. And I do have some pain medication for when things get tough. I can't completely control it with food. Yeah. And I'm I'm really quick. I didn't want to make, I I want to back up because I want to make this part clear. I, when I was talking about medication, I know that the medication is necessary. The medication has advanced a lot. And I have my issues with big pharma. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But there are some cases that they're helping a lot of people. So they have been able to, with medication, but food plays a major role in it. That's the part that I want to yes. focus on. And I've so, talked about anyway, it. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just oh, no, didn't no, want it's, to like... it's just I want to make that clear so nobody thinks that I am promoting food only for anything. Right. Um, I've talked to so Let me do that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I mean, look, I take my HIV meds and, yeah. and I haven't found, I've tried all the other herbal ways and with food and all of that stuff. I need the meds for now. I, I've yeah. accepted that part. I have my issues and I rail against big pharma all the time, <laughs> but they have done some good. So I want to make that part clear. Anyway, go ahead, Ashley. I'm sorry. Um, where were we? Oh, so talking about food. As- you were talking about foods that help with the inflammation. So as far as food goes, I mean, we all have different places in our body. Like my mom has arthritis. And some of the things that help with arthritis are things like turmeric and celery, which I, when I learned celery can help with inflammation, I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. But apparently if you add more celery in your diet, it'll help. Um, And to avoid eating say dairy and processed sugars, it can cause Mm -hmm. more inflammation in like your joints and things. Um, I personally have, there has been some good research shown that with MS and the flare-ups, if you eat a gluten-free diet and a diet low in sugars and things like that, I personally have any sugar I eat is alternative, maybe like honey or maple syrup. And if I bake, sometimes coconut sugar, but that's stuff that I eat and I avoid any like processed things. I make most things that I eat, or if I feel like baking, I bake for myself. I make homemade granola bars or granola for myself. I don't buy that stuff. That's where all those hidden sugars and things that sneak into our diet. If I buy yogurt, it's going to be yogurt that doesn't have additives in it. I buy the actual like bigger container of just plain yogurt. And then I add in if I want like fruit and a little bit of honey, or I use it as like people replace like sour cream in recipes, or they replace other stuff like that in a savory dish. 
and you get mileage out of that and there's no added sugars from the fruit that they add in. Huh. I've, <laughs> no, I was just, when you were talking about the hidden sugars, it's, that's one of the things that's really frustrating. Like I've worked in, I've worked with products for a lot of my life mm -hmm. and, you know, formulating products. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very in tune with how in the cosmetic and skincare and even supplement industry, how little things are added to either enhance the effect that maybe you don't necessarily want in there. Um, you know, athletes get popped all the time for steroids and what they thought they were taking, you, they didn't think it was a steroid and then come to find out it really is because they've hidden the ingredient in there to, to make their product more effective. But a lot of people would never associate that so much with food, all the different additives and you know, the, and, and I don't know why I wouldn't, that, that just dawned on me. I don't know why with the food industry, especially, but like organic food, for instance, only really has to be 93% organic or something like that. Is that correct? Um, to be organic, what's, it's only, you, there's a big grace, like 4% or 7% grace, right? It depends on what the food is, but like as far as produce, like I work with a lot of local farms to get things yeah. for my clients and for myself. And for a farm to go through the process to be organic is incredibly expensive. And yeah. the fact that they can get certified, the things that the FDA doesn't regulate is the word naturally. So if you see it's mm -hmm. natural or naturally on a package, it doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing. It's just one of those things that people say. There's a bunch of different words. I could I could email you a list of all kinds of things that it says naturally or it says that it's not. You want to look for those seals, the ones that say organic or certified. You want to look for all the little seals on the bottom. The stuff that has more of them across whatever the packaging is, it's the people that have gone the extra step to go through every possible certification necessary to bring you the best, healthiest product. What are the best certifications to look after? Because even with saying something certified organic, it doesn't mean that it's 100% organic. They were allowing a grace period there. But if you're somebody that is looking to, you know, you know what? My body is a temple. I only want to put the proper fuels in things that are going to be my body's going to respond to and in a good way. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the, and I'm, I'm looking to make this lifestyle change today. What are some of the, the back of label things that people can look at when they're buying to make these healthy decisions? Because I can't tell you how many people think they're buying healthy food and it's really garbage in disguise. So what I tell people is just because it's organic or gluten-free doesn't mean it's healthier. It also doesn't mean it's healthier because it's vegan. There's all kinds of hidden things you can still add in to make it not as healthy. Um, I always look at the sugar content, the salt content, how yeah, much fiber there is. And um, like there's a whole list now. They have more than one added sugar. So if you want to look, because you have to be careful, because like when you're looking at sugars, like carbs, like if you're looking at a bread that you like, carbs turn into sugar in your body. So right. the sugars may be a little higher than what you want. So you have to look at all those things when you're reading labels. Yeah, I was blown away by what I learned about how carbs convert to sugar. 
because when I went, when I first started, I read, uh, whose book was it? It was right before I started CrossFit. And this has been about six years ago. But it was what convinced me to go on a gluten-free diet. It was Wheat Belly or something like that. I think the book was. And I learned so much about gluten at that time and the glycemic index and all that stuff. Like I switched to agave after that. And it's also what made me start drinking tequila. But that was another, <laughs> that's another story. Um, but it's really interesting how we, you know, we just assume that the bread we're eating is healthy and the, the foods that we're intaking are healthy, but the labels have been really are tricky for some people. And, and I also believe that the, 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 the staples of nutrition that they've given us, what is it? The, uh, the food pyramid is yeah, that what it is? It's not quite perfect. And like, if you're looking at a bread, like you want to give your kids something healthy, the words enriched flour I mean it's literally been stripped of every nutrient that it could and then people put in what they want back that's not something you want you want to see the whole grains and the whole whole wheat whole corn whole oats you don't want to see anything stripped from it right as a, so as a chef what are what are your feelings on diets like intermittent fasting i tell my clients that there is no diet in the world that is a good way to jumpstart a healthy mm -hmm. eating plan but there's no diet in the world that is going to sustain you your whole life healthy eating habits are the only thing that's going to sustain you so i like the 80 20 rule because i find that to be a good life thing sure. um it's 80% of the time you're eating really healthy. And that 20% is if you want that extra glass of wine when you have dinner with friends or take a few bites of dessert while you're out or- So donuts are okay? Say you wanted to have a donut with your wife or something because you were out on a Saturday. Great, don't <laughs> feel so bad. Maybe you have a salad for lunch and you get back on track and you eat some extra veggies the next day. It doesn't mean it's the end of your world. It just means that you enjoyed something and now you're getting back on track. There is no diet in the world that should take out any like component of food, like fruits, veggies, anything, unless you are allergic or your body can't handle it. That's really good. Wow. So like for, okay. Supplements, things like that as, as a chef and kind of, you know, really becoming a master of food. Like you're a food expert. Let's just say that. Okay. How do you view supplementation like supplements? I mean, I know that you're taking the medication for, uh, you know, for MS, mm -hmm. but how do you view supplementation? Because a lot of the food that we're getting now, really, it doesn't have the nutrients that they're supposed to have. Yeah. So how I, do you feel about that? I think, you know, a daily vitamin or if you need supplements, there's things like adaptogens, which are like reishi mushrooms. They have like bone broth, um, things like that. There's no reason. I mean, if that's something collagen that people put in their smoothies, if that's something you want to do and it doesn't affect your medication, first of all, make sure you check with your pharmacist or your doctor that none of these things, some of these adaptogens are plant-based and they do interact with medications. So you need to check with your doctor before you go on any supplement regimen. But don't you have to be specific with that? Because most doctor, for instance, yeah, 
cannabis. I know more about cannabis than most doctors, and that's only because I've actually spent time researching and reading real science and studies on it that have been allowed in Israel. Mm-hmm. But you talk to a doctor about it now, very few really, I mean, it's better than it used to be. But really, doctors are not educated on that subject. They're not really educated on supplementation either. Um, I find my doctors have been pretty well educated on it. If your doctor isn't, bring them the proof you need and show them. I find my pharmacist knows way more about yeah. what interacts with my medication or if I'm having a problem mm. with my medication. I find my pharmacist knows more about the interactions. I think it's because they do it day in and day out sure. um, and help people all day long. Yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you actually said that because that's, that's been the same case with me too. I've, try to have these conversations with my doctor to the point that I just don't go unless I absolutely have to, because I find myself wanting to go. You mentioned mushrooms. I mean, there, I don't know how many different mushroom species there are, but from all the ones I've taken, they're pretty beneficial for different reasons. And even the psychedelic ones, which now studies are showing that, that there's- I don't know anything ones. about that though. I, yeah. I don't know other I'm, than- Microdosing for therapy, but I don't know anything else about those kind of mushrooms. Oh, that was sarcasm. I like that. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm again. I've always. I'm a firm believer that if if it was created by God, then it's got to be good. And I believe that man corrupts things and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in its purest sense, everything that God created was good. So I always seek to find the natural alternative as opposed to medication. Um, you were talking about coaching. Yes. Tell, uh, tell the audience what kind of coach, like what, is, what are the types of clients that come to you? So I do have clients I cook for weekly that are in my general area, but I also have meal prep plans that I do with people to help them get back on track. There were a lot of people during COVID, we offered it through Zoom, which was really nice. I basically helped them come up with grocery lists and we went through their pantries and what was best for them, what they needed in their life. Like say they needed more recipes for dinner. How do they big batch cook something to keep in their freezers? What do they need in their busy schedules so that they can have a healthy dinner or snack? What brands can they buy? So there are certain brands that are better if they want snacks because one of them was a teacher. So they needed stuff they can that was safe to bring to school because they can't always make everything. Sure. So we went over all that. It's about a three-month program that we go through and we check in once a week, either by phone or by Zoom. And it goes really well. My clients seem to like it. They have fun. We make it fun. Or at least I try to make it fun. <laughs> what are some ways like for kids? I don't know what I don't know what it is about kids and I was the same way. Of course my parents wouldn't give me sugar so that's why when like the one day a week that I could have sugar was at church when the donuts were out and I would, instead of eating one I would eat 12. By the way that habit hasn't changed at 42 at all. <laughs> um but kids, you know, gravitate towards sugar like they love sugary cereal, sugary everything. How what are some healthy ways of tricking children into eating something healthy or healthier, but it gives them that same satisfaction that sugar gives them. 
So I find that when I teach kids cooking classes, um, that if they see their friends eating it, they're more likely to try it because I get a lot of kids saying before we even start cooking, telling me that they hate something or they won't eat it. And then I find kids, if they make it with their own hands, like if they help, they're more likely to try something. Um, alternative sugars, baking with honey or maple syrup is a great way to do it. Sweetening cool. things with fruit, like dates or bananas, that's always a good way to do it. You can also, I'm a big believer in hiding veggies in things for kids. I do that to myself. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, hey, you're eating mac and cheese, but it's really butternut squash with a teeny bit of cheese in there. But it looks like the package. Wait a second. How did you get butternut, what, you said butternut squash? Yeah, I make a butternut squash mac and cheese, but it only has like a little bit of cheese, but I puree it and it turns into a sauce. Yeah. And does it taste like cheese? It, yeah, it tastes, it, there's enough cheese in it that there, it tastes like cheese and the kids think it looks like squash and it has a slight sweet taste. So, and it has like all the same seasonings that a mac and cheese would have and the kids think that they're eating mac and cheese. And you can hide almost any kind of pasta in it. You can hide the ones that have more protein, like lentil or pea. Yeah. Or pea. Unless your kid's super picky, sometimes that doesn't fly. They can even suss out that one. But, you know, green pasta doesn't always, the sauce doesn't quite cover up green pasta. But I've been trying to figure out how to make a healthy donut for like, well, for the last 30 years of my life. Oh, I can do that. You can? I do. I bake them. There, I have these little tins I got. They're donut tins and you literally bake them in the oven instead of fry them. They're great. I make a couple of different versions of them. They're so much fun. Did I just like find? Is there a bunch of protein in them too and all that good stuff? Yeah, you can actually have a carrot cake one I make and just a plain old blueberry one. Like it's really easy. And if there's flavors you want like chocolate and stuff. Dark chocolate. Yeah, you can switch out cacao for like the um, cocoa powder. Huh. I can do that. I've been teaching classes during lockdown and over the pandemic. I've been teaching adult and kids cooking classes over Zoom, which is very been it's been interesting teaching kids over Zoom how to cook. <laughs> I would imagine. I don't yeah. know how you keep Unless if it's Adley or something like that, I don't know how you keep a kid's attention. They I have to really want to be there. And if they're sure. under a certain age, I make sure a parent has to be home and in the kitchen with them. So it's more of a family class. Do you think kids know? Actually, I know the answer to this question. But do you think kids know what they really want to do? I mean, at a young age, like it's I mean, we put them in these situations where you know, we, 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 we put them in the situations where we force them to play sports. We put them in all these other classes. But do you think deeps down inside they're going, I know what I'm supposed to do and I would rather be doing something different? Maybe some kids, but I was in my 20s before I figured out what I wanted to do. So, I mean, Interesting. I had a different kind of plan and then I got sick and my plan kind of went out the window and life kind of turned into a big gray area because you know in high school they make you do the five-year plan and the 10-year plan and yeah mine kind of just disappeared before my eyes when i got sick 
So I, it took me a little while to find a job that suited me and that I loved. So when I was a kid, I don't think it quite worked out. Interesting. I, the only reason I ask, and I ask the question sincerely, because I always knew, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> like I, I could see it clear as day. I just didn't want to do it. But now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, that it didn't happen, and it's part of my story in running for my purpose. But like I felt like I always knew, and so I, I'm always curious with other people. Like, did you know? Did you see yourself being a chef and all that stuff as a kid? I always loved to cook. When we were little, we were always brought into the kitchen. I tell people I think it was more so we wouldn't break things at my <laughs> house um, and keep us out of trouble because I have so many cousins. I'm pretty sure it was to keep us out of trouble. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, what's funny is when I thought about starting a food business, I only thought I would have to put like maybe one headshot of me on the website, you know, or send it out for any like press release or something. I never thought I'd have to be the center of attention. I'm actually like, this is okay because it's one-on-one, -on -one, but if I'm actually kind of shy, like if I get in a room full of people, I'm just completely quiet. I'm like that. I'm like that too, unless if I'm on stage. I'm a I'm sneaky introverted because I come across really extroverted. I'm like I I would rather hide when I'm around other people. We went to a wedding reception on Saturday, and it took me about three minutes. And I love the people that got married. Like I love them, and I hanging out with them one on one. I could be around them for hours. But being around 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 people, it's like, yeah. I'm, I, I get really shy. I just, I never, I was never good being the center of attention. I was never good being like, I was so used to, I, I went to Catholic school my whole life. So being like the center of attention, sticking out in any way was like never what we were supposed to do. Because you wore uniforms, right? And that's kind of part of the thing yeah. there? That and like, you know, that's like boasting and bragging and like, you know, yeah. that's a whole other thing. But if I'm talking about what I love to do, I'm great. But if I'm in like networking situations, I am terrible. I, I wish I were better, but I just don't do well with like lots of people. I've always been like that. And it's really funny that people are like, you're on TV. You should be perfectly fine. I'm like, I am just not. I'm so uncomfortable. For all the ways that talking on camera and broadcasting helps you with yeah. communication and being on stage, and it does prepare you for being able to speak live, the part it doesn't prepare you for is having people right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially lately since it's been so, like, getting used to being around people again. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Do I hug you? Do I shake your hand? Do I give the elbow? Yeah, there's a lot of more questions now when I see people like, what do I do? Like all the other, like, how far back do I stand from you? <laughs> tell everybody what your T-shirt, I mean, I know it's probably a little bit obvious, but tell everybody what your TV show's about. So my TV show is called Food for Life, and we talk about how food is woven into our journeys in life. How, like, I just talked to two bloggers the other day. One of them has an autoimmune disease as well. 
but we mm. talked about what it's like the difference between the stuff we see in their blogs and what they live at home this week my well, guest yeah. is um a friend of mine from the american cancer society and we're going to talk about how food and cancer go together like different supportive things like diets things like that and we're going to talk about you know it's october so it's breast cancer awareness month so we'll talk about some interesting things so we're going to hit on all the health topics but eventually it relates back to food and when we're at the end i get to prepare a fun recipe that goes along with the day's theme that's fun it is that's really cool i can't wait to watch it <laughs> what nights are you on because you're on live on e360 so what what is your time slot and what channel i am on 5 p.m eastern standard time on wednesdays and I am on the I'm under the health and wellness section on E360, but cool. you can also find it on my Facebook Live and YouTube. So if you're looking for it there, well, you're putting it on your website also, right? Yes, it's on um, my website, which Tell is. Tell everybody your website. It's a uh, bellafoodie.net. Cool. I can even see the T-shirts. You have T-shirts already, right? I've only done three episodes so far, so I haven't quite gotten as far as t-shirts. I want to see, maybe give it four episodes before I start designing the t-shirts. No, t-shirts, mugs, cooking. You're going to have some cooking pans and books. That's what I, I mean, perceive for you. I definitely think t-shirts are coming soon. And it's been really fun getting to interview people and share their stories too. Bella Foodie. Mm -hmm. Where'd Bella come from? Uh, my great grandmother used to, when she used to hug me, she used to say, K Bella. Like Bella Fecha, like pretty face. Aww. Yeah. That's awesome. and I'm foodie. Like that's what I am. Because I'm not a trained chef. I learned on my own to help myself. And now Guess I what? I'm not trained in anything I love either. And I still do it. <laughs> I have a business degree, so, you know. Yeah, look how, I mean, it's going to help you with the business of what you're creating, but that's the thing. Isn't yeah. it interesting that I, I speak to more people that have degrees, and I can ask them this question. If you could do anything in the world, what would it be? It's always the opposite of what they got <laughs> their degree in. Always. If that doesn't tell you, this is kind of a reverse way I speak about paradoxes and life being a paradox. Mm -hmm. But seriously, like you should people out there, like, are you one of those people that are watching right now? Are you one of the people going, yeah, I have a degree in accounting, but I want to be a ballet dancer or like whatever, or I wanted to be a chef or I wanted to, I, are you one of those people? I'm telling you now's the time to go for your dreams. Why? Because if you know anything about media at all, you can use that to help you propel and prepare and to launch your dream coming true. Because you need media knowledge to be able to take your intellectual property and monetize it. You need that. I love teaching it. But you got to have that because even in the future, like with you starting your TV show, like you've already taken a step in the direction. It's not even about the TV show. It's about being a media organization, because when you're a media organization, 
you can make everything monetizable. Everything that you can create, everything you can dream up becomes monetizable. But being on camera is a big part of it. I like sharing things with people. And don't get me wrong, I've studied lots of things and taken workshops and taken certifications and things, but I just, yeah, I'm not a trained chef. So if somebody writes to me to tell me I'm not cutting something right or doing something quite as a trained chef was, I am sorry for all the trained chefs out there if I do something quite wrong. That's the, okay, but thank you for using that experience, that, 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 um, that, that analogy, that example. How many people out there have always wanted to be an actress or an actor, but you don't live in Hollywood, so you're going, well, I can't, or I don't have the same agency. Like so many people say, yeah, this is how they do it. Someone else created those rules. I don't. I didn't. So mm -hmm. I don't have to follow them. And if you feel, and this is anyone that's, I'm not talking to you right now because you're doing it. But if you feel like you want to do something or you feel led to create it, you're getting that feeling because you're supposed to do it. Who cares that you don't have a degree? Who cares that you don't have an education in it? Because now we live in a world where the information is at your fingertips. If you want to go learn something, go do it. You can do it. I did it. Money is not even money is not a barrier to entry anymore because they got YouTube. It's this amazing thing, even though they censor me and I don't care about it. But even though they do, it's a great, valuable resource to learn. There's people teaching courses all over the place, but there's also the Encyclopedia Britannica that has a lot of information that's good, too. You can learn anything you want to do. Like, there's no excuse to not go for it. So I want to encourage you. I'm sorry I'm going on a little rant here. But if you have a burning desire, and I know so many of you do, especially people that watch this show, you have a burning desire of something you want to do. Do it. That burning desire is there for you to step into. That's God telling you it's time. Your time is now. Screw what the world says. It doesn't matter. It has no, doesn't matter at all. Like now is your time to take the step in faith. Sorry, Ashley. I That's get really passionate about this subject and you just fed into my passion because it's true. And yeah, there's amazing certification courses out there that will probably teach you better than what the university would. Because you at least, instead of memorizing it, the thing I like about courses, instead of memorizing the material, you have to apply it most of the time. Mm -hmm. And and you're getting to kind of work through it in your own pace and then you get to make it your own a little bit. That's education. Like that's the education I wish that our kids had. Because then they wouldn't end up taking careers and jobs or choosing paths of life that are going to lead them nowhere except further away from their destiny. So, yeah. I so mean, I get I preachy about the subject. That's okay. I mean, anybody can do anything they want. They just have to figure out how to get there. It's, and it's so much easier than ever before. It's so much easier. So what are your, like, what are some things that you, now that you've taken a step in faith and you've like, listen, committing to creating an, and doing a TV show every week is no small commitment. So when you did this, when you took this step, what were you envisioning for yourself? Well, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that I knew I needed to do this when the opportunity presented itself because somebody 
told me that they saw something in me and that this is something I needed to do because my story needed to be shared and my perspective, which I'm not used to people telling me those things because mm. it's so weird to hear that people might be inspired by like how things have happened for me or way my life is. I um, committed to it and then I, I have the vision of how I want it. The first three, three shows have gone pretty well. My first episode had an audio glitch. I spent 40 minutes not being able to hear my guests, but everyone else could hear both of us. So if I can get through that, I can get through anything for the show. And sure. hopefully this more sponsors will come and we'll get to share more food knowledge and expand more things. And I appreciate everyone bearing with me because I'm new and still learning some of the stuff. People are going to remember your mistakes. And, and especially with broadcasting, it's, it's one of those things that you get to improve. I tweak my stuff. It, it never looks the same, ever. I have over 500 episodes now, and I'm constantly changing it. Um, I, I really, whoever encouraged you to do this, I second what they said. And I think it's important not just for the MS population, you doing what you're doing. I feel like it's inspiring but I feel like some of your sponsors are going to be from the MS Society for people that understand what it's like to have an autoimmune deficiency and, you know, and having to battle that and, and having to be strategic with food. And there, I think there's a lot of potential for you and anything that we can do, my wife and I, to help support you, to help point you the right direction, whether it's for the book people or merchandise, I'm, I'm happy to direct you to the right people Thank to you. help you to answer any questions. I mean, we've done this and we do it and we do it for people all over the world. And it's something that we love to do. It's our, it's our ministry. <laughs> and uh, because it's, it's going to be necessary. And the facts are that not everybody has the money to pay 25,000 for a media consultant and whatever else. So, I mean, we're, we're a service. So would love to help support you because I, I feel that God was showing me something on the way you have your screen. It was for a reason, mm -hmm. or at least for me to see it this way, because literally God placed things in that vision and uh, anything I can do to help get you there. Uh, I'm happy to, because I think that, well, first and first, first and foremost, for 18 years of my life, um, having the opportunity to be, to work with people that have, battled MS, muscular dystrophy, ALS, and so on, spinal cord injuries, wounds, all of that. I know the inspiration that you're going to be for a lot of people, that, and a lot of people that you don't even know yet. Thank you. What you're doing matters. Your voice, your story, and what you've gone through and how you're approaching it is inspiring, and, and I can't possibly overstate that. Like it matters and I think it's important. So anything I can do to support you, uh, my wife and I, please let us know because what you're doing matters. I really appreciate that. And I'm sure I will have questions like I have going forward. Sure. I'm, uh, I'm having fun. I'm trying to make it more fun than anything else. And hopefully that people can see that. It gets to be fun. It gets to be fun. So Listen, I am, I'm so grateful that you came on today. Um, I really do appreciate uh, your time. And please, for the radio podcast and the, the rest of the audience, 
please tell everybody where they can find you, like your website, and any social media that you want to plug, like go for it. Plug anything you want to plug. Okay, so my website is bellafoodie.net. My Instagram is at bellafoodie7, and you can find us at Facebook on Bella Foodie. And Food for Life is Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern time on E360. Absolutely. Well, listen, we will, um, after every broadcast, we create a media kit and we publish it out. So all of your contact information where people can find you, if you're listening to this audience, uh, you'll be able to find this on our website as well, or just go where she told you. But if you forgot what she said, uh, you'll be able to find it on our website. You'll have uh, easy access to Ashley and, and what she's doing. Uh, I definitely recommend her show, but it really, for me, I haven't been able to see this show yet, but I'm recommending it because of the mission and the mission matters and what Ashley is going to do matters even more. So God bless you, Ashley. Thank you for being here. Congratulations on your show on A360 TV and uh, I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. The same to you and your wife. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Bye. Let's see here. Oops. That was a long bye. I just, <laughs> now I'm saying bye. Okay. <laughs> changing things up with my screen back here. Anyway, listen, I can't, I cannot recommend enough that you guys check out her website and what she's doing, not just her show, um, but what she's doing, because it does matter. I think we've taken food for granted. Um, and I mean, my, the evidence of that is all the fast food restaurants that are out there. So please go support her, check it out. Thank you guys for being here. Also, oh, one thing we're gonna do. So this, uh, in a couple days, we're going to be doing a film festival style broadcast of The Devil Inside Me. It's a little creepy, but I'm going to play the preview for you. The Devil Inside. The Devil. Oh, what a scary thing. But it brings so much satisfaction. It brings so much satisfaction to give in to the, the temptation. Man, it used to hurt me. It used to hurt me so bad. You didn't have to take my innocence, but you did. You took my innocence. Both of you, both of you devils, you took my innocence and robbed everything that was to look pretty and safe and comfortable. And now all I see are the pleasures of, of sex feeling and the rush of euphoria that comes from this bowl of toxic but glorious amazement the feeling of euphoria and pleasure and not getting enough I can't get enough Feed me, feed me. Oh, but you hurt me. 
But you hurt me and you take so much away, devil. You've taken so much from me. I used to hurt me. You used to hurt me so bad. You didn't have to take my innocence, but you did. Oh, my own voice creeps me out. Gee, many Christmas. I got to do an hour of that. <laughs> That's my testimony, people. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for being here. We're going to uh, start some fun now. And uh, this is the, the house music version. Gospel house, gospel house version of the show. Thank you for being here. God bless you. I get the DJ now. This is my favorite part.
All right, all right. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for being here. That concludes our broadcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.